Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome to the podcast, Catholic Stuff You Should Know. I am Father Peter, (laughs) and you have been wondering to yourself for the past 15 milliseconds, where is Father John? He is out at a, a restaurant, a Himalayan restaurant called Sherpas, eating with uh, Father Raymond Goronsky. That's right. He's he's eating at some exotic restaurant with a man who sits in the lotus position for like, you know, four hours a day. So Yeah, it's it's good. And, and Sherpas is wonderful because I think it's the only place in Boulder where you can get yak. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I have yet to try the yak, in fact. I don't even know if a yak is a real animal. Like, I knew it from Animaniacs. Do you remember that show? I do remember that show. They had a yak on there in the intro song, but I don't, I, that's the only reference to yak I've ever heard in my life until this point. Yeah. I, yak I, burgers. Yeah. Th- I think there was a yak on Ren and Stimpy as well, which, uh, but I think it was like shaved. I think there was this yak that like shaved, and then there was a fairy the, uh, that had the, caught the shaving scum or something but that was Ren and Stimpy it should not be watched by any human being really if they are desiring to remain healthy and safe. agreed agreed <laughs> yeah I've never seen a yak in my life if anybody's seen a yak email us because I'd be interested to hear what one looks like or if they actually exist yeah and I hear that there's a really horrible tasting yak milk that uh that they milk the yak and then they eat the yak Ooh. That makes me want to yak. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I really feel like I'm about to yak right now. Right before this podcast, I was telling Father Peter that I am I'm not in the my stomach is not cooperating with my will right now. So hopefully, I'll make it through this podcast without yeah, yeah. yakking myself. Oh man, yeah, we had some good eating, but man, times are hard. <laughs> times is hard. Oh yeah, dude. So we are without Father John for maybe the first podcast in a while. I can't remember the last time we did one without Father John, but but we will press on ourselves and uh Yeehaw. Hiya. Hey, what are we talking about? We got are you gonna reveal something to me? Uh yes. Tonight um I have uh, received a message. Uh and and this message is, is actually specifically intended just for you. And so um the podcast listeners, you have to hold your ears for a second because you can't hear it. This is actually just a private revelation intended only for uh, Joe at this point. I don't have to. I don't have to believe this though. No, you don't have to believe it's this. My choice. Yeah. So tonight we are speaking of pi- private revelation, pirate revelation versus public revelation. Pirate revelation is actually only spoken of once a year. Arr, these are. <laughs> These are the truths in which I know I've, they've been revealed to me. And so you have got to listen. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's totally ridiculous. <laughs> That's what happens when, um, yeah, the mice are away, the mice are play or something. So private versus public revelation. This is great because I think we've promised to do a podcast on this at some point and we have never done one. So this is a very interesting topic. I'm interested to do how you can uh, school me in this. Well, yeah. So, what's what's happened? Okay, so my sister, um, Amy, who I love dearly, she was like, I was visiting her in Springfield, Illinois, and she said, "Hey, there is this this lady named Anne the Lay Apostle, and she's been receiving a thing called interior locutions." Mm. And um, this is the one in Ireland. Yes, yes. She's an American woman moved oh, over really? to Ireland. Yeah, she was a she was a smoking cussing housewife. 
who uh, I know and, a few of those. Yeah. So, uh, but she ended up uh, she ended up having this this really intense experience of uh, Jesus and Mary speaking to her inside of her heart and head. And so my sister's like, "There's this lady. You gotta go see her." And I've been ordained, and I'm like. Oh man, I'm like, I love my sister. I love you, Amy. You're the best, but I have no desire whatsoever to go see this mystic. And you know, you just you can just imagine in your in your mind what the people around a mystic who are going to see somebody who's receiving interior words from God and writing books about that. You could just imagine, you know, you they've got candles everywhere. You know what I mean? They're like jumping up and down. They're mostly cross-eyed. You know, I mean, yeah, you can imagine. Yeah, you just see that, and so and so. I was like, okay, Amy, I will go with you, but I will not uh, wear my clerics because I'm like, you know what? If if this gal is just like totally off, I can't be like giving church approval, and they're like, oh, it's a priest, and then, then all of a sudden, man, I'm gonna get swamped, and oh, this good whole point. thing, yeah, this thing's gonna go crazy. So, so I was just imagining this this horrible religious scene. <clears throat> we drive up to Chicago, and we go, and I arrive at this at this place and it's on the it's on the lands of this convent and these people are like the most chilled out relaxed group of individuals that they're they're all just kind of like hanging out and talking to each other and it and like and ann Ann comes out and she's talking and i'm like this is actually just really nice and, and peaceful and nobody's jumping around and it's not all like the you know like just like totally crazy wild-eyed people that are out there but just like housewives and teens very normal older people and you know pipe fitters and basket weavers and just like just folks that are that are out there lawyers and and uh and she talks and it really touched my heart and there was this deacon who got gets up um and uh uh i think his his name is uh uh dr miravalli Oh yeah, yeah. He uh, was he was a teacher of mine in school. Yeah, so Deacon Miravalli, because he was ordained, mm-hmm. and he gets up and he starts talking about public and private revelation. And uh, when I remember it from my fundamental theology class in seminary, and I'm going, man, and he's like, he's like, there is nothing in Anne's message that is contrary to the church. I said, he's like, I have reviewed every word of these things and the bishop has given approval. And it's like, and he's going off. And it was, and I was like, wow. I mean, because Dr. Mary is a smart brother. Yeah. I mean, this deacon is, he's going for it. He's not playing games. No, no, he is not messing around. And uh, neither is Anne and neither is the messages that she's given. But this is an interesting thing. Yeah, what do you do with that? I mean, Jesus came to earth and he said a lot of things. We have the Gospels. We have the church's tradition. But then we have, he still seems to be speaking to some people. And do we have to, I mean, we have, Anne is just one example of many. And the lay apostle. This is the one in Ireland that you're talking about. Yep. Then you have like Mary appearing places. You have other saints. Jesus is saying things to them. Uh, we've had this throughout our history. And so, like, where do these kind of measure up? Do we, ha- you know, are these, like, we have to believe this just like we have to believe, you know, that Jesus was the Son of God? Or, I mean, you know, this is public and private revelation. How do you deal with these things? Yeah, I mean, th- and that's actually, that's the deep question. Cause, and that's actually been a question for a long time because if the Holy Spirit is active, it means that things are going to keep happening. But is, isn't just the gospel enough? Isn't actually just scripture enough? I mean, there's a lot of people that they're going to say, 
Now, what are you trying to say that the father is speaking to you and you can write that down? Yeah, come on. All I need, just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. That's all I need. All I need is my scriptures. Right. And see, this is where the church is very, very wise. Well, here, real quick, before you keep going on, let's just let's just make definer terms then. So okay, what's perfect. public revelation? What's private revelation? Like, what are we talking about here? Well, that's exactly where I'm getting into. All right, I'm it's sorry. Perfect. <laughs> public revelation is the entire deposit of faith given by Jesus Christ to the apostles and transmitted by scripture and apostolic tradition. That is public revelation. It is all those things which Jesus taught by word and deed given to the apostles and the, and public revelation ends at the death of, um, well, at, at the, uh, transmission of, okay. So it, this is actually where it's a little fuzzy because, because oh, yeah? the death of the last apostle, there's still apostolic tradition that's being, it's being handed on. Mm-hmm. And now it's either being committed to paper because sometimes the, 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 these things are actually written down posthumously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so the deposit of faith, yeah, the public deposit of faith is ultimately closed at the end of the last apostle's death, which I cannot remember at this particular moment. John died in like 996 or something like that, 98. They were, around the around year 100 that was the, around the time public revelation was no more no more but so so that's what so that is the universal uh thing that we actually have to ascend assent to when we say that we are catholics when we say that we're christians is that we assent to the the handed on tradition of jesus christ as given to the apostles and and, and that's mandatory there ain't, there's no, there's no like, Hey, but I kind of like this, but you know what? I really don't think that the Holy Spirit is part of God. You know I mean, that's pretty cool. It's, but it's really just people who act really nice and they got some like good ideas. That's, <laughs> that doesn't work. No, the Holy Spirit is spirated from the father and the son. And here we go. This on now, private revelation is the, um, specific, uh, Handing on of how to live out the public revelation revealed by God on some level. So it's it's, it's a very interesting thing because the um, the the church they're not uh, necessarily new. They don't and they don't add anything essential to what public revelation is. It's just an actually it's an unfolding of what has already been given. So public revelation, private revelation. Now. One of the great things is let's take uh, let's take a really big, really big um, private revelation, Our Lady of Lourdes. That's a big one. So Our Lady of Lourdes, this is in France. This is the most popular pilgrimage site, I think, right now in Europe. More people go to Lourdes, France, than they go anywhere for pilgrimage spiritual purposes yeah and they go and there there's healing and there's healing waters there and uh, there was this little girl bernadette of subaru who was going and seeing the visions of our blessed mother and i think it's really cool and i don't gotta believe it you don't have to believe it i don't have to so whereas the deposit of faith the public revelation everything jesus gave to the apostles ended with the last apostle's death you have to believe that stuff Private revelation. This is kind of like, it's a good thing. What what did Miravalli say, um, Doctor Miravalli, when he said he said there's nothing in her teaching and what Anne's saying that is contradictory to public revelation. It's been approved by the bishop. Basically, he's saying this is okay to go along with. Yeah, but you don't have to. 
Exactly. You can you can listen to this and this can inspire you to live your faith and you can say, Man, I wholeheartedly believe that the Lord is talking to Anne and that and that that uh, we got St. Margaret Mary, she's hearing Sacred Margaret Mary and she's hearing uh hearing the Father and the you know and, and Mary. She's hearing all these things and the, those those messages and by the way, they actually really inspire me. I love Anne the Leopold, man. I read I read a, a, a little message in the morning as I'm really? doing my holy yeah, hour. Yeah, she has these little pamphlets or something, right? Yeah. I, she, I think I see them. Yeah, it's uh, on directionforourtimes.org. And she's got like Heaven Speaks. So it'll be like Heaven Speaks to Those Considering Suicide. And so it'll be like a, like a, a little bit of a snippet of like... Uh, what the Lord is speaking to the heart of that, or or the Lord speaks to those who are depressed, or the Lord, uh, or a heaven speaks to um, parents who are worried for their children's salvation. I use that one quite a bit, actually. Really? I, yeah, because being in campus ministry, I I see parents in there, and they're like, "Is my child going to go to college to to church and when they're at college?" and I'm like, here, read this. I'm like, Jesus is after your son. That's, that's awesome. I mean, it makes a lot of sense because, like you said, it's not like the Holy Spirit, you know, we God checked out after the death of the last apostle or when Jesus was ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit's active and he's still speaking. He's still present in his church. Totally. And he has something to say to people who are struggling, people who, who need God in their life and who want God to speak in their life. And it's beautiful. I mean, in some sense that there are people who have received a gift that is not for themselves, but is for the church. And you don't have to take it. And it's not something that you have to believe, or if you don't believe you're not fully Catholic or you're rejecting the teachings of Christ, but it's something that you can take, you can receive, you can be edified by, and it can help you and inspire you to live out the faith that Jesus gave with the apostles. Profoundly. That's great. So you just, it just propels you right back into that public revelation. And so, so this is the thing, is that there's some people and they're like, yeah, I don't buy it. I don't think so. And guess what? I've met people like that. It's, sometimes I'm one of those people. Sometimes I'm like, I mean, that's that's cool what's going on, uh, yeah. but I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Yeah, and, and, and the church says, you know what? Cool. We dig that. There's totally <laughs> space. You know what? You, you just look, look at its fruits and and uh, is it is it submitted to the to the to the apostolic tradition because revelation is not merely just scripture but it's the apostolic tradition in relationship to it and so so the tradition also has something to say back to private revelation in the form of two things that you might have seen in books you might have seen two different phrases nihil abstat or imprimatur. Imprimatur nihil opsa. They sound like Latin. Oh, bing pong. <laughs> yes, uh, veritas. <laughs> it is true. So, my Latin is horrible. I always painted with a very wide brush in my, in my brush and my translations. But, so the, the nihil opsa translates to essentially saying what Dr. Mele Valli said. There's nothing in the way from you. Uh, from, it, there's nothing that blocks the apostolic tradition uh, and the scripture in this message, that it's coherent and consistent with what is the public revelation. So there's nothing in the way, is what a nihil obstat says uh, in, in translation. Now, there's another one, imprimatur, which means that um, it's okay to publish this. Mm-hmm. this is essentially, it's a stamp. It's like, cool, yeah, publish this. And so both are, are uh, uh, apostolically granted things, nihil obstats and imprimaturs. So the next time you open a book, you can uh, know that a bishop has reviewed uh, what you have read. Uh, and so it was in the 1917 Code of Canon Law, but it's not actually in the 1983 Code of Canon Law. 
uh, in dealing with the uh, private and public revelation. Really? Yeah. So if if you're if you're curious about that, uh, it's uh, I uh, the 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 number of the canon is somewhere uh, in the notes that uh, I don't have uh, <laughs> accessible to me. But um, you should uh, uh, you the, uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church number sixty seven deals with this question and and essentially uh, uh, can help clarify you if you have any more questions about this. So the next time that the Lord uh, decides to speak to your heart, if it comes in the form of words and it says, write this down, you might want to listen if the Lord is moving you uh, and uh, and take that to a spiritual director. Or if you're starting to get moved by those messages, by the messages of, of, uh, of one of these private revelations, it may just be awesome and it may spur you on to live more zealously. If it starts to bother you, just let it go because uh, this is the perfect place if you want cafeteria Catholicism. There are certain <laughs> places you can do it. <laughs> and, and you uh, can get it and it's all right. Yeah, and that's, that's private revelations for us. A little cafeteria like, mm, uh, you know, I like the, I like this over here. This is like dessert. This is good. It's feeding me. It's giving me a little energy. But uh, but it doesn't no, That's ha- great. Yeah, we use that. We use this phrase, cafeteria Catholicism. This has kind of been popularized. I don't know. Ever since the Council, uh, Vatican II, there's a tendency with some Catholics, you know, we take some of this, we take the church's teaching on this, but we don't really like the church's teaching this, so we, you know, we'll just push that aside. And, and that's really not, as Catholic, it's kind of like you you either take it or you don't, you know, you can't kind of pick and choose. Yeah. But, and when that's with public revelation, you know, we've been given the whole gift, it's all one big package, and you either accept it or reject it. You know, there's no picking and choosing. But, like you said, the ones who, the cafeteria Catholics have a place, and I'm, I'm one of them, when it comes to private revelation, you can... You know, you have to eat the you have to eat the pork chops that you know Ty <laughs> Ty made for us tonight. You gotta eat the pork chops, but you know you can have some you can have some water, you can have some milk, you can have some coleslaw, you can have some carrots. You know, you can choose what you want from the private revelation, uh, yeah. and that's all right. And that's good. And 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 may it inspire you to live your faith. I got my own personal favorites. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to eat what, so what's your favorite private revelation? What's the one that What's the one that's like the tiramisu for you? You know, it really is and the lay apostle. Really? Yeah, because you know what. I uh, I'm not in 18th century France like I I you know like I dig that I I'm not I'm not in like 1274 with like levitating folks like I like I'm I'm all sorts of like down with uh with uh, and the lay apostle I, but I have to say Sister Faustina uh, uh Saint Faustina Kowalska like the, what, what was what's happening in her diary uh man that stuff rocks my world too so those those are like two of my favorites because they're they're a little bit more contemporary they speak to they speak to where we are now yeah that's awesome saint faustina what was she like in the 1920s or something in poland yeah something yeah i know that. john paul ii uh he was a huge fan yep of of saint faustina in fact i think he canonized her yeah she had a real strong vision uh the, the, she was. She went to a dance trying to avoid her vocation, and the Lord uh, uh, appeared to her, scourged on the dance floor, and looked at her and says, "How long must I wait for you at a dance?" <laughs> she bailed. Oh, She's just like, "I'm done." You know, like I shouldn't have gone to the dance. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was I, me asking girls to dance in high school was not nearly as successful as Jesus was apparently with her. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I don't actually. You know what? I'm trying to think of like private revelations that I or that I have a strong devotion to. And I don't know if there's any. I mean I kinda I kind of pick and choose. I, I've been wanting to read Saint Faustina's diary forever and I haven't. Um but yeah. There's not there's not I mean but things like the rosary. I mean the rosary is such a it's like part of the fabric of our life as Catholics. And some people really struggle praying the rosary. Yep. And you know what? 
That's all right. That's that's good. I mean, but it's a great thing, and there's a wisdom in in the churches. It's a great gift that's been given to the church, and so you don't want to just be like, "Hey, private revelation." I, you know, we don't have to believe, deal with that. So I'm just going to keep it simple. No, because these are these are gifts given to the church, and yeah, and you, there should always be an openness to like, Lord, uh, it, fundamental and implicit in being open to receiving these gifts from the Lord now is a belief that He's actually speaking yeah. to us now yeah, you know yeah, so there yeah. should be some sort of openness so like lord where, where where are you speaking now and how are you encouraging us and it's not like he's gonna say something that he's never said before yeah uh but we've never been here before you know you yeah. in your life right now there's never been another person that's exactly like peter musset yeah and the lord has something to speak to him and to you right now and to me to joe doman exactly and he has something to say so there's an openness there and the rosary you know but yeah. it's it's something that we have received through a private revelation yep we should actually do one on the rosary. We've been talking about that too. Totally. Now, this this there is one contrasting thing that we have to warn against yeah. in the middle of all these things because uh, you can also get caught into like doing like um, uh, uh, like revelation chasing. Oh yeah, like oh, because I mean, like I remember there was there was a gal around here up on at one of the shrines who was like having visions of Mary and she started gathering people around her and she'd go into like catatonic states and like, and like the priests were like, uh, seriously stop now. And she, then she refused and she was disobedient and she'd go to different places, gathering people and like, cause it's attractive. It's exciting. It's like, okay, hold on. What's happening. You know, like, Oh, we, we want a revelation. And we get starved for like some sort of message from heaven. And, uh, and if you got you got to be careful about you know chasing that stuff down because because um, the the Lord is the, the Lord is real clear when He's w- working on something, and uh, so no that's that's important. In fact, that was my I went to Medjugorje. Uh, Medjugorje is a private revelation. I don't know the full story of it that well. I know it started in the eighties, and there was multiple yep. children who were receiving visions and. All in, and they some have continued to receive some, some have not, yeah, and they're still going on right now. Yep. Um, and a lot of people go to Medjugorje to to pray to to encounter the Lord there, encounter Mary there. And there's been a, a ton of fruits coming out of Medjugorje, including my mother's conversion. No, yeah, my mom, really? my mom had a conversion from from uh, somebody coming over to our house and sharing the message of Medjugorje, and my mom fell in love with Mary and then met Jesus Christ, and now you, there's no stopping her. Really? Oh yeah, my mama is my mama loves the Lord. I'll tell you <laughs> what. So, oh, uh, dude, that's awesome. But I remember there was a sense I got in Medjugorje. I had a beautiful experience there, some wonderful prayer, uh, and it was really beautiful. But there's also a sense that you can see uh, there's there's kind of some of those revelation chasers as well, and the sense of like. Every little thing that seemed to be out of the ordinary, people were like, "Oh, it's a miracle! Oh, this is a miracle! Oh, this is a miracle!" And like, and it's, and I mean, if there's fruits coming out of that, and if it's drawing them closer to encountering Christ and 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 Him crucified, that's a beautiful thing, and that's yeah. and there's fruits from that. But there's also there can be a danger that that you focus more on the sensational things, totally, and it, it takes away from. The but, spiritual but what is things. Cr- it's, it's it becomes cr- fleshly rather than spiritual. It's kind of mm. it's kind of like why we go to uh, you know. Um, haunted houses it's like we want an experience even if it's a spiritual fright at least we know we're spiritual and it's like it's like we get that same experience if we're getting like oh there's a revelation where it's like the reality is is that the the real fight comes in our daily lives when we're having to face our total brokenness and how <laughs> we're, we're damaged by our sin and we're like you know and we're just filleted by our own lives and and by the circumstances and we're just like trying to slog through and we need some hope in the middle of that and that's i think where where uh where where these where these private revelations can actually assist us 
is that it says, Oh no, the Lord is with you, man. He's doing stuff and he's going to be, it's going to be good. And, and, you know, repent, consider your life again, turn your life over, become more obedient, follow after Jesus because he loves you. And if, and if you knew how much he loved you, you'd freak out right now. I mean, that's like, <laughs> coming, that's, that's a paraphrase of Anne right now. <laughs> yeah. like, but the, yeah, uh, it's, Medjugorje is, is an, is, is another instance. And actually that could be, that could be a podcast. That's its own sure. bear in itself. Yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's, there's strange things that happened around obedience and bishops. And mm. I, I don't know the full story right now, but I do know that there's been a lot of people been so profoundly touched by that. Um, right. And uh, yeah, even despite some of the chaos that's kind of happening right yeah, now. Yeah, it's interesting. The church is a, uh, the, the bishops and the leaders of the church are, are wonderful shepherds in this way. That there's a, there's a, and it's probably in the canon law that you're referring to in 1917, uh, where in the instance of an apparent private revelation that's meant for the church in some sense, maybe to be published or, or something like that. The church just doesn't hand those out like candy, like, oh, yeah, Jesus saints love you. Just tell everybody about it, you know? Like, nope. There's a real process. They're like, okay, well, we'll do an investigation here. Is, you know, is, and they look at the visionary themselves, you know, is the mystic, do they live a holy life themselves? Is there anything there that, that would seem to contradict the Lord speaking powerfully through this person? Uh, is there any psychosis going on? These are the important questions to ask, you know, like, where is the where is the visionary at? You know, so they kind of do a investigation there, yep. and then they look at the what's the teaching that's being conveyed here, and is there anything here that's contrary to the church's teaching uh, that we've received from Christ? And if there is not, I mean, because we have to be honest. Saint Paul talked about yep. there, you know, the evil one will come, and he will yeah. become disguised as an angel of light. Yeah, so it has to be internally consistent and externally consistent. If mm. it doesn't agree with itself, then it's like, uh, is this from God? No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, God's like he's like I'm confused for a second. Hold on, you know, no, that's not what it, <laughs> that's that right. is not how it works at all. It's not, and and the church will say, and even when we say a private, you know, Lords or Fatima, where Our Lady's appeared, and two of many places where she's appeared, the church will say the church. We say the church approved this. You know, this is an approved revelation. But even when the church says it's approved, the church isn't saying this is definitely from heaven. You know, believe it, gung ho. Yeah. All the church is saying is. This is okay to believe. No, you know, we're not we're not going to make a yeah. judgment about whether or not this is directly from Jesus or what. But you know what? You won't. You will not. You not be let off a cliff or something like that if you believe this. You know, this Nihil is Abstad. There's nothing standing in the way, and, and it's a. Uh, so the church is a good shepherd in that way. You know, it, it's it's almost like a daddy. You know, sending his kids out in the playground, and it's like you know this is where you know this is the playground. Outside the playground, you don't know what's out there, so you stay inside those boundaries. Yeah. But, you know, you can go on the swings, you can go on the slide, you can go on the monkey bars, but, you know, just stay in this area. And so that's what the church does. It doesn't say, you know, you have to believe this or this is definitely from heaven, but, hey, yeah. this is safe. You, you'll be safe here. You know, if you go here and you receive fruit here, do that. But all things in freedom. Yeah. Um, and then you say, is this a good activity? <laughs> <laughs> I got four on the sun stair, which... <laughs> Is another one of those miraculous things that happened actually in, in Medjugorje oh, dancing yeah. sun Fatima. Good reference. Yeah. So, <laughs> is this good activity, Dad? He's, yeah, it's okay as long as you yeah. retain your retinas. It's wild though, because private revelation. We're going long. We should probably wrap this up soon. But yeah. one cool point is that private revelation, in some sense, can actually guide the church to to um, unpack its public revelation more. Not that it adds something there. Yeah. But I know there was an instance before. Um, when Lords happened, the the dogma of the Immaculate Conception was yeah. not yet pronounced. That yeah. Our Lady was immaculately conceived, no stain of original sin on her soul. That was a teaching of the Church, and it had been 
talked about for centuries, and it was an ancient tradition that this was the case. Yep. But it had never been definitively defined. This is part of public revelation. But when Lourdes happened, uh, and when St. Catherine, this little girl, Mary appeared to her and says, I am the Immaculate Conception. And that's just kind of like, well, where is this coming from? And then, you know, as it got approved by the church and like, okay, this is, this, there's nothing wrong here. The Lord might be speaking. Our Lady might be speaking through here. That actually led years down the line to the Pope pronouncing this, this, this teaching that had been a part of the church tradition, but it was a way that she, they, the Pope received that as Our Lady wants this to be brought to the forefront um, at this point for the good of the faithful. Yeah. And there's so much healing and there's so many good fruits from Lords and it's so internally consistent and it's externally consistent. And it's like, Oh, there's just a little bit of seal. Mary's like, yeah, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and this is, this flies in the face of even some of the, uh, I mean, Thomas Aquinas was already talking about immaculate conception and he couldn't conceive of how it would actually work because of all these things. So, I mean, like Thomas wasn't in for it, Yeah, but there, but the argument raged on. So, I mean, this is a long time thing. And so, and then you think about like the, 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 the quality of the messenger. I mean, St. Bernadette was just like the St. Bernadette, you know, St. Bernadette. And she was just the poorest of the poor and like humble. She it's like, it's not like she even like got like what the raging question of immaculate conception. Oh yeah. Was. She, she wasn't making this up because no. she's like a 14 year old or something. Yeah. In fact, we mentioned St. Bernadette a while back when we did one on Incorruptibles, a podcast there. Love it. And she was the best. And she, she, her, her body is incorrupt, meaning it has not showed any signs of corruption. Her organs are still soft. And she's been dead for, I don't know, over 100 years now. And But you can go see her if you go to, what's the town? Oh, yeah. It's not Lourdes. It's, it's north of Lourdes. I forget the name. But anyway, you can go see her and she just, she looks like she's sleeping. It's amazing. So yeah. she's a saint and... And, you know, she, we have this proper relation through her. So yeah. that's pretty cool stuff. Ah, good stuff, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I'm loving it. Well, we'll, we'll miss you until the next time, our beloved listeners. That's right. We have, we have no emails, sadly. Not because we haven't received any. We've received plenty. Uh, but we, it's late. And we just didn't print any out. So <laughs> that's totally our fault. But, you know, we don't have time for them anyway. But please do email us. Uh, we, we love to receive them. Any questions, comments, concerns, insults, whatever you want to say. Uh, private, uh, private revelations. Private revelations. We want to hear about them. <laughs> uh, we can't give any nihil opstats, but, yeah, but Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com and on Facebook, Catholic Stuff Podcast. So check us out. Yep. All right. Have a good one. See you next week. Blessings. Blessings.